0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out um, Locked On SEC. But we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and my everydayers can attest to the fact that we've been doing this schedule thing for about a week and a half or two weeks at this point. And we're going to continue through Mississippi State. Now, I'm pretty excited about all about this football team. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis at the Locked On Omis Podcast. But I'm also real. And the Georgia Bulldogs are the favorites this season to win another national championship, their third in a row. This is a game that Ole Miss is going to be playing in Georgia. And there's honestly only one thing that's even in Ole Miss's favor, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And that's the fact that they're the week before Georgia goes to Tennessee. Georgia's two most difficult games are probably the Ole Miss game and the Tennessee game, which is back-to-back as well. Now, if you look at the offense, Stetson Bennett steps out, but Carson Beck is probably going to be the starting job. And whoever wins that job, they're going to be able to throw the ball to Brock Bowers, who is probably the best player in college football. And then they have Lad McConkie, who was a no-star. People always talk about Georgia and five-star. Lad McConkie was like a two-star that was rated after he signed, um, is starting on an SEC team and making plays. Now, you can't make a living off doing that. I'm just saying teams that are really good have really good scouting facilities, and they handle things the right way. Georgia also who dipped into the transfer portal at the receiver position, Um, for Rah-Rah Thomas from Mississippi State and Dominic Lovett from Missouri. Lovett was the alpha in Missouri's receiving room last year, even though Luther Burden was on that team. They're both expected to have large impacts this season on the team. Now, their defense, it says on here, believe it or not, 2022 was a real rebuilding year on that defense. That's clear to see when you look at the returning production on 2023. It always starts up front where grizzled veteran Zion Logue, Nazir Stackhouse, Trammell Walther, and Warren Brinson are back. Younger guys like T- Tyrion, Ingram Dawkins are expected to have a massive impact while Michael Williams, who missed most of the spring for a relatively minor foot surgery, is back on the bunch. Now, the final analysis is on this, and we're, we're going to keep this relatively short, well, kind of relatively short, but George is the favorite to win the national championship for the third straight year. The back-to-back champions are just as talented as they have been the past two seasons, if not more so. Now, Stetson Bennett is gone, and he was a good quarterback. Um, but Carson Beck, I mean, the, the assembling line of five stars that they have, you think they're going to be able to find one. That's what stacking elite classes on top of each other will do for you from a roster standpoint. Ultimately, it will come down to the quarterback battle if the bat- Bulldogs are going to make history with a three-peat. Inexperience is an issue, but the staff is confident in the guys battling it out. Georgia should field another elite defense to go with a big play offense and a manageable schedule. The schedule's actually a little bit of a joke. It almost doesn't even look like an SEC schedule, but part of that is because Georgia is so good. Now... If you look at the teams that won the back-to-back national championship, it was like Alabama in 2011, 2012, something like that. And the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the 90s went back-to-back. Those are the three teams in the last 30 years that have gone back-to-back. I don't think anybody is three-peated. So you would think that Georgia, this would be the year that they would mess up. If not, history is absolutely in the cards for this team that has basically replaced Alabama. It, it, it's silly to think about it, but what Alabama was in 2011-2012, how dominant, when you think of Alabama, this Georgia team has become that. Their running game, um, they have the kid from Germantown in Mississippi. I forget his name. I think it's Brandon something. Um, really, really good player. Um, I noticed him in mop-up time in the national championship game. He's kind of a dude. They've compared him to Nick Chubb. And and if people want to get scared, they they should get scared, because everything on this Georgia team starts from having an elite offensive line and an elite defensive line, and they build off of that with the elite players as well. Now going to Georgia in that time of year is probably not ideal, okay? But this is the schedule before and after Ole Miss. On the 28th, they're at Florida. On the 4th, they're um, versus Missouri. The next week, they play Ole Miss. So there's no game that is going to get their attention before the game. Now, afterward, I did mention this. There's a game at Tennessee, which is probably the biggest game on their schedule and the most difficult game on their schedule. But it is not a difficult schedule. The two most difficult games that they have is versus Ole Miss and at Tennessee, with at Tennessee having that. Georgia has an 89% chance of winning that game, Ole Miss an 11% chance, um, according to the FBI. And what that means is, if the game was played at 100 times, Georgia would win 89 and Ole Miss would win 11. That's what that means. And... Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I I, I just think that Georgia is going to be able to pull off uh, another undefeated run this season. We're seeing something pretty special and a dynasty that is absolutely in the works at the moment. Now, if you look at the W's and L's, I did mark that up as an L. Ole Miss right now sits at 7-3. And my list over the week, Ole Miss is going to be favored in their last two games. So um, if you play the numbers, Ole Miss should be 9-3, and three, although that Egg Bowl game can get weird. But that is what we're looking at currently. Now, whenever you sit here and look at these games and you try to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work, injuries, injuries, 15 different things could happen to influence the outcome of a football game. This one I'm not sure about. Now, when I was at the Under Armour All-American game, there, there was a person from the AJC, which, by the way, if you're an AJC person covering Georgia right now, good luck, buddy. But there was an AJC person there that was describing the Georgia Bulldogs. And he said in 2024, that's the first year of the 12-team playoff, Texas and Oklahoma, all of that, happening when that happens their whole defense will be top 100 players now to put that in perspective if Ole Miss has a signing class of four top 100 players it is considered an elite signing class something that should be celebrated to the nth degree Georgia can have upwards to four or five top 10 players. They're cooking. Their machine is absolutely working. Their collective is doing the things they need to do. You are looking at what the modern college football team looks like. Now, here's the other thing that you need to remember. And I think coaches have really long memories. Kirby Smart's first year they came to Oxford and Ole Miss absolutely killed them. It was 42 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. Georgia scored two later touchdowns, but it was a bad look for the Georgia Dogs that day. Olmis completely waxed them up and down the field. In fact, that was probably the swan song of the Hugh Freeze era looking back on it. But Olmis ended up winning that game like 45 to 14. Coaches have long memories. And even though Hugh Freeze is not on the sideline, I don't know if Georgia's going to take it out on Auburn or if Georgia's going to take it out on Ole Miss, but we'll see exactly what happens. I know that Hugh Freeze gets them first. So maybe a little bit of that sting will be taken off, a little bit of that rose, um, that bloom off the rose is going to be taken off of it a little bit. But Georgia has the most talented in this conference by a significant amount. Texas A&M, Alabama's probably tier two. Tier three is LSU. I mean, that's the way it sits right now. Georgia will likely win this football game. Upsets happen. I've seen Ole Miss go over there with Walker Jones. We talked about him with that when he was on the show, talking about the Grove Collective, about him running down with Brock Kreitz, Hines Ward, this play in, like, 1995 or 1996 that was the turnaround that allowed them to be ready for that 1997 run. Upsets happen. I don't know if this is a game that you should look for an upset on. Seriously. Anyway, should be pretty good. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, my everydayers, we're going to go, go towards SEC Media Days next week. We're going to try and get Charles Stackhouse. We're going to try and get Jeffrey Rush. Those are players that are coming up in the short-term future. We also have some other stuff that we're looking at that could possibly happen down the road as well. So I hope everybody enjoys that. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Before this, like I said, I recorded this one a little bit early, so if something happens, I may have to do a reaction to it. But overall, nice little three-day weekend to get ready for media days and to get started to go. So I hope everybody has a great weekend. As always, hottie totty